but walk up to a girl and be like, girl, I'm buttery. Mm. You ain't never met a man like me, buttery. See, now that just gets weird. Why is it weird? It gets weird. Well, you want a man that's not buttery? You want a man that's stiff? You're not buttery. Listen, you know what comes with butter? Bread, and I got that too. Straight buttery. I see what you're doing here. I see what you're doing. Straight buttery. So that's the thing, right? <laughs> Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Um, I'm not going to lie. I feel like that would work. Say you're buttery. I'm far removed from like dating and women. I'm in a happy community relationship. But like women don't like serious conversations. They don't. It's, it's boring. Like that's, I think that's the issue with a lot of like these like red pill guys. Like they're, they're all like dorks, but they get too serious. And they're trying to talk about like the, the state of the world. And it's like, bro, just say, if you can say the dumbest shit, but keep the conversation going with the dumbest shit, I think it's the best for you. You know, you win. I remember Patrice O'Neill said um, that with men, we're very philosophical about dumb shit. Yeah. So that's what makes conversation so easy. Well, think us. about it. When you think about it, right? Like when you think of what women like, obviously like money's one. Well, mm -hmm. if you don't have money, what do they tell you to do? Be funny. Right. Because if you're funny, girls are going to like you. Mm -hmm. But the only way to be funny is to not be serious. It's mm -hmm. to be dumb. So it's like, I've had conversations exactly like this. Wait, that's the specific <laughs> you, one. You can't be serious and funny. No, you can't. You have to be like dumb. So it's like, I'll just like. <laughs> what kind of humor have you been buttery. to? Buttery, bro. That kind of humor. Buttery. Buttery humor. We're back to this buttery humor. This is interesting. Listen, I'm telling you, somebody's going to try it. Somebody watching this podcast, mm. you walk up to a girl. You tell her you're buttery under the right context. It's gonna be weird as fuck. Hey, that, that's the thing though. You can't just, fuck. You gotta provide the context. Like, you're not gonna pull on like, yo, I'm buttery. She's like, oh, exactly. That's kind of hi, I'm buttery. Like that, that no. would, it would, it's kind of. <laughs> right? Hi, butters. Like that's, that's, it'd be crazy, especially if you're like, let's just say you're a larger individual, right? You fat, right? You're heavy. Mm. And then on top of that, you're sweaty, you're greasy. You're oh, you're musty, really buttery. You're really buttery. You're really so buttery. So you say you're buttery, the context kind of changes. So when you say buttery, what, 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 do you, what are you thinking buttery? Like slick. 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 Smooth. I get up in there easily. Oh my. Okay. So it's Butter. straight to the buttery. All right. All right. So depending on your, your position Smooth. in life, that can work in your favor on like a cold open, or it could be. I, mean, I don't think I would ever, I would ever say that. But See, I think under, under the right it. context, like I said, if the, the conversation went there, like how it went right now, mm -hmm. we'd be buttery. But anyways, it doesn't matter. The red pill is dying because dorks are, are doing all the red pill stuff. That's you a know? segue. It's it a great segue though. But it's true. I saw people talking about it. And I was like, this is corny now. It feels corny. Mm -hmm. It feels super corny because everybody's talking about it. Andrew Tate made it really popular. I jumped on the train. I talked about it for a little bit. Um, this is stuff I was talking about like years ago, but mm -hmm. then I think it, it got popular. So I was like, perfect. I could talk about shit. But now it's like everyone's saying the same shit. Right. And it's kind of boring. Anyone can tell you that too, but no one's really following in. Like now you have just a bunch of people. Why do you think it's... It's kind of, right. It's not hitting. It's not hitting because of the application of everything. I think it's creating... Uh, echo chamber 
Yeah. To where now you're in a situation where everybody, not only are they saying the same thing, they're all doing the same thing and nothing is different. So it's like, all right, we're piling your mind with all this information to unplug you from the matrix. Right. Great. Y'all are still plugged in. So what are you doing to unplug? Well, we're just going to keep spreading awareness. At one point, somebody's going to have to take action. All of these dudes, they're saying, well, you got to do this. You got to do that. You got to make sure you do this. Great. The people who are now consuming said information, a lot of them aren't applying it. So it's almost and like it's just entertainment for them. So it, it ends up becoming lip service from everybody else who's doing it. And the, the way they interpret the information also ruins it. Mm -hmm. The way they interpret information ruins it. That's the reason the red pill is dying is because it's all of these dorks that don't understand what any of it's saying. They think they see red pill and they think mm -hmm. hate women. Right. So we did a podcast like two, two episodes ago where my girl was on it and I was explaining like how we ended up start dating. And I was just like giving advice on how to use social media to get girls right. to like you. And people were like, oh, you led with money. You're a fucking loser, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh no, poor me. I have money so women like me. Like, there's all these attractive women around me because I have money and I travel places and I live a great life. Like, I'm sorry I don't act poor on social media because I'm not poor, you know? So I was getting that hate and I was like, man, all of these dorks don't get it. They don't get it because they don't say the same shit to Dan Bozerian. The only difference is it's because he objectifies them. Mm -hmm. So the dorks see it and they're like, oh, you have to objectify women in order to red pill them. Yeah, it seems like it's, they put everything into one box. Yeah. And... It, it's gotten to a point, especially with the people who have the red pill content, because when you're putting it out there, I think because it's relatively vague and not necessarily specific, there's a lot of people say, OK, well, this one works for him or this works for them. But you never well, take into account here's, yeah. it operates for this person because they're at this level. Like we talked about it before, where if you're somebody who's saying um, like Tate, for example, yeah, does where he's at in life is substantially different from where the guy who just got out of college or is in college is at. Right. You can't expect to do what he does at this level because he's there. Now, granted, yeah. he may have always been the same person, but the different sort of outcomes apply as he gradually went up the ladder to where he's at. You can't be somebody who listens to what this guy is saying when he's at this status and think you could just apply it down here and it's going to work. It's not going to. Yeah. Well, that's the craziest thing. I don't know. I posted a video a while ago. It was just like a montage. It was like a, one of those TikTok clips that says, fellas, if you have money, you're always her type. Focus on your bag. And it was just a, a montage of me hanging out with a bunch of girls. Mm -hmm. And the comments were crazy because like, oh, girls only want you for your money, this, that, that. And I'm like, what is the difference between this and like what, what Dan Bozarian does? And when Dan Bozarian posts, all these dorks are like, oh my God, you're the GOAT. You're my hero, my mentor. But then anyone else does it, they get mad. So it's like, it's like, dorks i don't know i'm over it like i i get tired of the red pill content <laughs> in general yeah it's, just... it's gotten it's gotten very tired i think it's gotten to a point now Play, like, it's played out it's, it's played out it's, it's it it had its run mm -hmm. i think it was essential for a lot of people getting an understanding of not only just how life operates but then female nature and things of that nature but if you're somebody who doesn't apply it into your life the right way it then creates the incels that yeah. we have going on right now the people who just wake up in the morning and hate everything about life because their life is shit well i think what happens is they see someone doing better mm -hmm. and they project because they're like right. well, shit i see this lately i've been doing live streams and i get so much hate in there and i i feed off of it because i'm like this is great for the views if i'm just cooking people mm -hmm. i got my uh my tiktok stream shut down 
For, oh, really? for bullying. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm oh, join the club, man. I'm on TikTok <laughs> number five. That's what's there up. Was, there was some dude that was talking shit. So, like, typically I ignore it. Mm -hmm. But I was like, you know what? Let me fuck this guy up. I'm going to wreck this guy. So I just started calling him a loser. I started going in on his life. Like, I went low. I went low. Fuck him. Fuck him, you know? When they go low, go lower. Yeah, I was, I was ready. And then my, my TikTok stream gets taken down. I was like, oh, for bullying and harassment. I'm like, man, you guys are soft. It sucks because, like, they could come at me. Right. I can't defend myself. Yeah. Otherwise, I get banned. Mm -hmm. You know, and I got more to lose, too. So it's one of those things where I have to just ignore it. So I've just gotten into the habit of blocking people. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, people are just miserable, miserable, bro. Misery loves company. Truly, truly. Misery does love company. It's very interesting when you find yourself around miserable people. You can feel, especially if you're somebody who's an optimist, you're somebody who's a go-getter, and you're an achiever, but then you find yourself in this environment of people who are just completely negative yeah. and they're haters, you can see the energy shift. Because you'll sit there and let's just say, if it was the both of us, if I was somebody who was a pessimist, you were an optimist, and you were talking about something that you wanted to achieve, and you, in your mind, believe this is attainable, I'm pretty much gonna sit here and try to find everything that's wrong. 100%. You'll sit there, try to find everything that's right. We're both doing the same thing where we're using our imagination, but we have different views on what the outcome will be. Yeah. And you'll find yourself in the midst of conversation, like, I don't wanna be around this person anymore because you're trying to shoot down literally everything. Well, a couple of things to add on to that. I think the reason that most people fail mm -hmm. in life is because, David, uh, you trying to turn that on? Yeah. It's not plugged in. Oh, it's not? <laughs> and it's European. There's a European converter over there. Oh, dude, I had one of those. We're international in this house, man. Oh, yeah. Keep it, keep it going. Listen, I'm a cultured man. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so one of the biggest things, I think the reason mo a lot of people fail mm -hmm. is because they're surrounded by these negative people. Right. And then you become, you assimilate into mm -hmm. the, the crew of people you're with. If you're around people, like five people that are just super positive, guess what happens? You become one of these positive right. go-getters, thinks they can do it. Whenever I'm around rich people, and I noticed this lately, I'm around you. I'm not saying whether or not you're rich, because I know yeah, you yeah, are. Alleged, yeah, allegedly. Allegedly rich. Alleged. But I'm, I'm, I was around a guy worth $100 million. Mm -hmm. I was worth an, around another guy who, who's worth a couple million dollars. And everyone is super positive. Mm -hmm. Everyone's super curious. Everyone's super positive. Everyone's like, yo, we should do this. We should do this. There's always 100 ideas. Because they look at the world as a one big opportunity. Right. And then you're around like broke people, and they're all negative, bro. They're all like, well, you can't do it. It's not possible. And it's like, it's possible. You just don't have the mindset. And usually, typically what happens, whether you believe you can or you can't do it, whatever you think is true. You're right. Your perception is your reality. Mm -hmm. If I think I can do something, I'm most likely gonna end up doing it because I think it's possible and I, make the, I take the steps to do that. It mm -hmm. sets off a domino effect. Just believing something's possible, you set off a domino effect that then follows up into it becoming real. You think something is impossible, the opposite happens. You set off a domino effect and it becomes impossible for you. So people are just stuck in that fucking broke mindset. I'm really passionate about this, obviously. Mm -hmm. People are stuck in that fucking broke mindset that keeps them broke, and then they blame other people or they, they take it out on other people. So they'll see someone doing good, like yourself, or like me, or like David, and they'll be like, oh, you got lucky. Yep. You're a scammer. Mm -hmm. You're like, they'll talk shit about, what, you could do anything, right? The other day I donated on my live stream, I donated to, to Maui, mm -hmm. shout out Maui. Um, I donated to Maui because I was like, you know what? I like, I like the feeling I get when I donate. It's like a selfish thing to, to donate because you feel right. good about it. Right. People found a way to hate on that. Yep. I donated, I think, a thousand bucks on live. Mm -hmm. And everyone in the live was like, only a thousand? I thought you were a millionaire. 
why are you only donating a thousand? I'm like, motherfucker, how much did you donate? Yep. How many lives did you help? You know? Because I might have money, but a thousand bucks is still a lot. That's still somebody, what somebody might make in a week. Mm -hmm. You know? A thousand bucks is still a thousand bucks. But people found a way to hate on it. And it really pissed me off. It got me angry. I was like, man. That's one of the things about life. Like, and, and it's, there's always going to be somebody who complains. Yeah. And I'm happy that you brought up mindset because social media now, everybody talks about mindset. Yeah. Like, and truly, no matter what stage of success somebody's at, as long as they're successful, it's the mindset that comes first. And it, it's almost to a point where it's drilled in content so often to where you feel like I keep see, people keep saying the same stuff, but truly that's a blueprint. Yeah. If your mindset is shitty, you're gonna have shitty results, period. That's just what it is. So ultimately, if you put your mind in an optimism sort of frame, you'll be in a situation where slowly but surely you'll find yourself on the path to success. But the people who are negative all the time, they always find stuff to hate, especially those who will hate on like donations, because I see it all the time. Whether it be a celebrity, whether it be a, um, a entrepreneur, whether it be a regular everyday person, any form of donation towards something, they'll say, oh, you could have gave more. Let's just say if I had $50,000 to my name, I donated 48,000 and I only had 2,000 left, but my living expenses are 5,000 per month. Now I'm at a deficit by the end of the month. They wouldn't say, wow, that's very honorable. You gave up 98% of your net worth mm -hmm. to make sure those people were okay. They'll say, oh, you're stupid. Why would you give away that much money? Yeah. But if you gave away, let's say 40,000, you kept 10. Oh, wow, you could have gave away more. What do you need 10,000? The people are always going to find a way to hate. I find it yeah. so interesting, like even with um, whenever Bezos or Musk or whoever Bezos, it may be. I saw Bezos donated like a billion. Yeah. And they were like, oh, this is only 0. 0.0001% exactly. of his income. You start, like, think about the That's type like, of no. mindset you got to have to be somebody who starts doing math on net worth to say, oh, well, you could have gained more because this amount of money is the same equivalent to if, I had, if I'm making yeah. 100,000 a year, that's just a, basically 1,000 bucks. That's nothing. I'm like, are you kidding? You've given nothing. You're watching somebody donate. You've donated nothing, but all of a sudden you care about my donation, let alone you don't care the fact that you did nothing. That's yeah. crazy to me. It'll never make sense to me. Yeah. It's, it's wild because a lot of people have that mindset too. You know, and I, and I get it though. Like, here's the thing. It's a crabs in a bucket mentality. We've yeah. talked about it before yeah. dozens of times, but people don't want to be at the bottom by themselves. Right. If someone is unhappy, they want other people to be unhappy with them. Mm -hmm. Otherwise they feel lonely and people just want to feel like they belong somewhere. So rich people hang out with rich people because they belong there. And then broke people, negative people hang out with negative people. It, it almost like clusters up, right? No matter what, you'll find your little pocket of people to hang out with, to be with, people that are like you. Um, but when I look at it, I'm like, this is why broke people stay broke. Mm -hmm. It's like, you motherfuckers are tearing each other down. Rich people collaborate, broke people criticize. Yep. You're, you're at the bottom, none of you have money, and you're sitting there talking shit to each other. Yeah, that's a bar right there. That that's a bar, a bar right though. There. That was a bar. So right it's there. so frustrating, bro. Like, that's the one thing I think I've realized since the last time we shot the podcast, because mm -hmm. I've been going live more and I see it, and I'm like, Motherfuckers are miserable. Right. Get that shit away from me. And it, 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 it doesn't matter how much you try to drill it into their minds. Like, hey, listen, this is what has to be, you know, tweaked in order for you to find success. Because yeah. what's so interesting to me is no matter where it is in life that you may be, right? Let's just say you're at the bottom where you're, you're basically not, not even really breaking even. You're still operating at a deficit. You're paycheck to paycheck, whatever the case is, right? Mm -hmm. You recognize a change has to happen. 
But in order for that change to happen, have to have that mindset shift. But if you're constantly negative, what, what's ever going to change? You're going to be in yeah. this same circle from whether it's 18 to 25 to 32 to 47 to yeah. 58. And you're going to, as you continue to get older and older, when you get more set in your ways, you're not going to be somebody who's going to be willing to take a risk to go and change things. You're right. not going to get around a different sort of people and expose yourself. You're yeah. just going to say, well, this is my life. I'm going to be a hater for the rest of my life. And if you have offsprings, you're going to project that onto them. And now all of a sudden, your children are going to be raised in a generational curse where you absolutely hate naturally. It's a generational like, curse. And you create the same generational curses yeah. that you said you was a victim of, but you don't recognize you have the power to change it if you just change the fucking mindset. It makes no sense to me. Yeah. Yeah, bro. It's, it's so frustrating. And these people, like, no matter how hard you drill it into their mm -hmm. head, because I'll, I'll share it with everyone. I'm super transparent. I talk to everyone about everything. I, I want people to know that we live in a world of abundance because right. people that are broke, they think it's scarce. They mm -hmm. think, oh, if he's getting it, I'm not getting none. Right. You know, if he, we if literally getting, can win together. If he's getting it, I'm not getting none. Mm -hmm. But that's not true. Everybody wins. Right. Right? A great example, if you're going to look at a resource like food, people assume, oh, there's only a certain amount of food. Mm -hmm. It's not true because technology comes out and now there's more food. There's food for everyone. Mm -hmm. Now it's abundant. We don't give a fuck about food no more. People were, people were talking about like, well, because of capitalism, and I'm not gonna, this is not political. We're yeah. not gonna get political here. But mm -hmm. people said, because of capitalism, there's always gonna be a winner and a loser. I'm like, because of capitalism, nobody fucking starves to death in America. Right. There, there are people starving to death in other countries that don't have capitalism. But I know for a fact in America, you don't see people fucking just dying of starvation because capitalism exists. Because the, even the poorest of the poor, the very bottom in America, People are not dying of starvation. Yeah, there's shelters. People have access to clean water, mm -hmm. shelters. They're not fucking dying. And I promise you, somebody will be in the comment section still, but, but there's an exception to the rule. I know a guy who was in Detroit. They were by the water, and then they died because nobody gave them any food. Yeah. Just because you have a very, like, there's, somebody does, doesn't necessarily make that the rule. Like, there's, exactly. of course, there's exceptions to every single rule. And, right? and the, I'm not saying America's perfect. I'm right. saying. right. The lowest here mm -hmm. still far better than the lowest in other countries. Yeah, because in life, truly, there's winners, there's losers across the board. And what's frustrating, too, is a lot of people, fuck, I guess we're getting, we're going to go there. It's a political episode. Yep. I'm about to rant. Uh, people talk about the flaws of America. Mm -hmm. They say, oh, but look at, look at Europe. Look at these countries that have universal health care, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, because they don't have to worry about, like, protecting their people. They don't have to worry about a military. You know why? Because they got fucking America. We're the big bouncer for the entire world, right? <laughs> you have other that. countries that, that, oh, they have healthcare and they're not worried about getting invaded. I'm like, yeah, because fucking, the second someone invades them, we back them up. You know, it's like having a big brother. You're not going to get big and strong and buff if you got a big security guard with you or a big brother with you all the time, you know? It's a fair assessment you for have, me. You have less incentive to do that. Because for me, the way I look at it is whenever somebody says, all right, you know, it's better at a different location, go live there. Try to live, even, you don't have to go live there permanently, but go six months, year, experience what life is like there, then you can truly compare and contrast. Because you can always hate from inside the club, but then go outside, go to somewhere different, experience their culture, experience, you know, working there, living there, um, communicating there, networking there, and then ultimately at that point, you truly can have perspective. Because there's a lot of people who, you're, you're in the country, so you hate all day, mm -hmm. but then you've never been outside. Well, no, so here's an example of this, right? I think other countries are great for lazier people. If you're someone that's lazier, and, and it's hard to become a citizen of these other countries, so it's hard to live in these other countries, mm -hmm. but 
la lazier people will do great in other countries because it's like they, other countries take care of you. Mm -hmm. Ambitious, smart, hardworking people, diligent people, they love it here in America. Because here, this is the land of opportunity. Yeah. My friend that just walked in, I don't know, we probably got him on camera. Um, he, uh, he just walked in, he's, he's from Germany. But he loves it here in America because he's like, I could order anything, it's at my door, mm -hmm. next step. He works eight hours a day, he can make a bunch of money here. Mm -hmm. He loves it here, right? His place, he said, oh, well, I hate, like, if I strain my knee here, I can't go to the hospital. Right. I have to go back to Europe and, and go to the hospital. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing he doesn't like. But as far as making money, opportunity, he's here. So the people that want to win, this is the place to win. Yeah. Other countries, I get it. Like, people want to go there. But it's, it's, this, is not for, this is not the content for you, I guess. Like, this is not your, your content. Uh, because I'm big on just like being excellent at everything. Right, right. Because you want to find a place to win. I, I just, it's just something about mediocrity. And how would you feel if, if uh, you got to a million YouTube subscribers and like, cool, you made a million YouTube subscribers. We're going to give 100,000 subscribers to Renee. We're going to give 100,000 subscribers to David. They're trying, but they didn't get their million dude, subscribers. Oh. How would that make you feel? Oh, dude, I'd be livid. I'd be Cause like, I just, Cause I had, to, I had to do all this work to get to this point and then yeah. you just see it handed to somebody else. Yeah. Oh, dude, that drives me up a wall. Yeah. Now, granted, I'm not going to be, it's not going to be something that's constantly on my mind. In the moment, I'm like, okay, I'm pissed, but immediately I have to get back to work. But what happens though, it also, I feel like it, it de-incentivizes you. Right, right. Because now you're like, it, oh, if it, I get two million. It doesn't million, matter no more. If I do two million, you're just going to give more followers to these people? Correct. It's like the people who buy followers online because al although if you buy the followers the appearance of it all works depending on whatever business metric that you have because you could have a bunch of you could have an empty account to where it's just like the numbers that's there but because it appears that you have the authority it works for the business model so i get that point but if you were somebody who wanted to have the authenticity that was behind it it's not the same as somebody who went and you grew it organically yep. but naturally across the board it's like that in every metric of life yeah it's going to be points in life or different sort of things to where Metrics, certain yeah. things fit yeah. there and then other places they won't fit but the people a lot of times and this is very common amongst losers right say it again say it again say it again losers it's very losers. common amongst losers where you want everything to be perfect yeah but the funniest thing about those people who want everything to be perfect as an excuse as to why they won't try or take a risk or whatever they're not even perfect in their own life you're, you're a perfectionist, but you don't strive for perfection in your own life. That's the craziest thing to me. You'll be in a comment section and say, oh, well, but what if this goes wrong? What if that goes wrong? Your entire life, things have been going wrong. You're, you're not even willing to try. Yeah. How are you going to sit on the sideline and complain about the people who are on the field? You never once tried to get on the field. It's crazy to me. It's like when people criticize athletes, too. I feel like it's the same thing. People will criticize athletes and they'll be like, oh, well, his jumper is broken. I'm like, bro, his jumper is better than yours. It's 10 times better than yours. Mm -hmm. And I get it. Like, you could, you could say someone's trash comparatively. So you'd be like, it's trash compared to this person. Mm -hmm. But you can never be like, I'm, I'm better. I, I don't like that, that like, mentality. It's, it's weird. It's annoying. Yeah, it's weird. It's, it's weird, weird to me. And it, it goes back to, like, even with the incels and then with, with what's going on with them, right? And this is my biggest problem that I have with them. Because you have these individuals who just get online. They'll sit inside, whether it's the mom's basement or whatever the case is, and all you do is consume content, consume content, consume content, consume content, and do nothing with it. You're just sitting there. It's not even information overload. It's an unwillingness to do anything. Yeah. So you'll just sit there 
Take everything in. Build the anger. Do nothing. Just build on top Bottle of the up anger. anger. Exactly. And it gets to a point where, of course, you're going to project and have all of these false ideologies in your mind of how the world works. That's why I think, well, while you're consuming content, you should immediately disconnect at one point. A lot of these people, they don't. Like, their entire life is online. Like, if I took somebody's phone and I looked at your, uh, um, your screen time on your phone versus how often you interact in real life, that probably is the biggest reflection of where you are in life. I think the people who spend the vast majority of time online rather than actually interacting outside, that's probably why they're in a situation where they're struggling. I don't know if they saw the lightning that was in the back. Hey, yo, that was crazy. Light. Yeah, Thor is battling on, on, on the water. That was wild. And that was beautiful. I liked it. Yeah. I like danger. But one way or another, you know, it, it, I, I think it's at a situation. That's my better name to come. That's why I chose Nicole this Daniel. penthouse because lightning hits all the time. Not bad. I'm not like, bad. yo, I dare, I, I dare it to hit me. You know, mm. I dare it. I'm like, we yo, let me stand outside and see if we. I'm can like, hit come on, bro. Life. Actually, that's not a good idea. What you got? I just me? might. I have terrible luck. We're not talking about that right now. One way or another, I think for them, that there should be a situation to where you have that disconnect. You go out. You actually attempt and try different things because it frustrates me because everybody's capable. What bothers me the most is that there are individuals who wake up every single morning and say, well, you know, in life, not everybody's going to have the same opportunity. Not everybody has the same exposure. Not everybody yeah. has the same resources. That is true. Yeah. But what is the alternative? If I'm now going to live the rest of my life saying, well, you know, I just I guess I just don't have the resources. Well, where are the resources located? Do what you got to do to get to the resources. Yeah, the moment that you identify there is a problem, you should work towards a solution, period. Yeah, that should be what it is. Yeah. But these incels, losers, bitches, no. spend their days doing, it. doing nothing. It bothers me so much because I know what it's like to be at the bottom. Now, granted, some because uh, I grew up with both my parents. You grew up single mother, right? Yeah. Two different particular dynamics. Did that slow us down from working? No. Fuck no. But you make your mess your message. I hear all the time, make your mess your message. You right. do that. So a good example. I tweeted this the other day, and I was like, this is fire. My dad obviously abandoned me and my mom. Mm -hmm. Sucks. People can cry and complain, oh, I'm a loser because my dad left. The way I see it, though, I, I'm still grateful for my dad in a way. My dad was a, a crazy guy. He got, he's been shot five times. He's uh, had two strokes. Mm. Dude still walks around and does whatever the fuck he wants. Last time I saw him was like a year ago, and he, we went to a restaurant to go eat. Dude's eating like shit because like stroke can't kill me. Right? So gunshots can't kill me, stroke can't kill me. And as a kid, I remember like whenever he would visit, he would just tell me, mm -hmm. he was like, listen, just like me, you have seven lives. Mm -hmm. You know, you're like a cat. They hit, they shot me five times, still alive. And so he had seven left? And I see, I see, see no, well, I don't know. How many, <laughs> but I see my dad, like, like whenever I see him, mm -hmm. dude just doesn't give a fuck. I see why people shot him. Like, right. I know. <laughs> oh, I get man. It. Like, I understand why. But. I tweeted, I was like, but I'm still, I'm still grateful for mm -hmm. my dad because whatever dragon blood he has inside of him, right. he put it inside of me. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna try and take the good traits from that. Right. The genetic disposition, right. Mm -hmm. right? That dog that I don't give a fuck, that hard to kill. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna make that my own thing. Right. But I'm not gonna take the bad parts, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's the way I see it. Like if you take something traumatic like that and you learn to embrace it and you learn to, learn to take it and make you great, to make you great, mm -hmm. Bro, that's it, the key. It, it, it like touches on what we when we had the prior episode where we talking about turning the trauma into triumph. 
When you're in a situation, you take... Make your mess your message. Exactly. It's a trauma. It's exactly. a triumph. Like, people, it, it, it mind-boggling to me because everybody, like we said before, everybody's trauma is different. Yeah. It'll take time. Nobody operates on the same time scale. Yeah. Right? But you have to have the willingness to say, all right, where can I find a silver lining? Where can I find a positive in the negativity that we're currently inside? Then at that particular point, you work towards it. You just take the good things. All right, cool. If I grew up in a situation where, let's just say, you were an orphan. You had no parents. All right, great. You got no parents. It's shitty sort Become of Become Batman, bro. Right? Exactly. Become Find a Batman. way to say, all right, I'm in a shitty situation. Where can I make this positive? Because I promise you, there's a moment in your life where you had a small bit of happiness. Bottle that and then find a way to project that happiness because it's a feeling. Just like negativity is a feeling, positivity is a feeling too. So you take that same sort of feeling and then project it throughout the remainder you of your see life. This is so fucked up. It's crazy oh to me. This, this is so fucked. You ever see those guys with like no legs? Yeah. Like the motivation. I don't know who they are, but I see them I'm like, yo, that's fucked. Yeah, yeah. And I think about that, right? Like, whenever mm-hmm. I, I think I'm sad, I'm like, nah, fuck that. Exactly. Great. There's a dude who's a motivational speaker. He's yeah, a quadriplegic. That, that's what I thought about. The dude's a quadriplegic. And I'm like, what the fuck? I, because I know, I think, put myself in that position. Right. Oh, my God. God, please, never. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, how is this guy so fucking positive? That you was know? one of the things. That was one that's of the things that got me. That's what makes him Exactly, because you'll see those people. You always be like, oh, man, you know my situation is shitty. There's always somebody who's doing way worse than you. And if you see somebody who, like straight off the, you don't need to know their life story. You don't need to know what their bank account situation is. If you look just straight visually, their life is fucked versus yours. <laughs> At that point, can you complain so, anymore? So what if you're the worst? What if, what if you're like the, the quadriplegia guys? Right. But you're not a famous motivational speaker. Oh, man, you're that's... like anonymous and you're starving. You're like mm-hmm. in a country that's starving to death. Dude. And you're like, someone has it worse. You're like, wait, actually, no. Right, they right. Then, what would you... <laughs> oh, no, at that point, it's fucked. Like, if, <laughs> if, if you're in a situation where it's like, man, I hate life, I, I'd understand. Yeah. I mean, I would still say, hey, you got to figure out a way to make it work because this person made it work. Again, everybody's life's different. Right. But you have to find a way because the moment that you have a moment of laughing, it was the moment that I see a smile on your face, I know it's possible. Because if, you, if your entire day, your year, your week, your month, whatever the case is, it's all dread, like it sucks, and then at that point, I could say, all right. But if you find any form of happiness at any particular point, I'd say at that point, it's possible. Your sadness is based on your perception, too. I'd say, yeah. That's the thing. Because uh-huh. there's been some days where I feel like down. Mm-hmm. I'm like, down, sad. But I think about it in, in retrospect. I'm like, I got this beautiful penthouse. I made thousands of dollars today. Mm-hmm. Got a beautiful girlfriend. I got a beautiful life. Why the fuck am I sad? For what? Just because I a business deal? Because I lost some money in crypto. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I lost money in crypto. My life is over. Like it's it's all based on your your frame of perception, mm-hmm. right? Because if you're basing it off of your loss, you're gonna be sad no matter what. If I if I lost a basketball game today, I'd be upset, right? But there's people that have been losing their entire life. Yep. There's people. So if you compare it to someone else, and I hate comparing to other people, but you compare the sadness, yeah. the struggle to someone mm-hmm. else's struggle, you for the most part are always going to be uh, doing better off. That, and it's funny that you say it with perception because they say that um, comparison is the thief of joy, but that it's only the thief of joy when you're looking at it from like a positive thing. So let's say you have a big win. Oh man, I made $1,000 today, but somebody else made $10,000. you are like, oh, well, shit, Listen. my 1000 doesn't feel like shit. But you could be in a situation where it's like, oh man, I made $1,000 today. Well, somebody made nothing. Oh, well, I feel good about it. So it's all how you perceive comparison, what it is that listen, you're doing. For me, com- I, comparison to me is the thief of happiness. Mm. I'd be stealing some people's happiness when they compare themselves to me. 
Fair enough. Oh, so it's the opposite, it's the opposite side for you. See, it's all about perception. That's all that it is. Yeah. You know, and, and it goes back to those people who wake up in the morning negative. Because it, it, it's one of those things where I want this to be like a staple of the pot. Mm -hmm. to where the mindset is by far the most important portion of your life. Yeah. You wake up in the morning, you got me, I'm not even one of those affirmation people. I've never been one of those affirmation people. I'm looking in the mirror, I'm gonna be amazing today. It's gonna be great. Thor's gonna come down from the heavens. I'm gonna love what's going on, right? I've never been one of those people. But I make sure that my mornings aren't negatively affected, or I should say my e my afternoons are negatively affected if I have a bad morning. Yeah. My evenings are negatively affected if I have a bad afternoon. I look at, as the day progresses, whatever sort of emotion that I have in that particular moment, I try to say, all right, cool. If I'm happy, that's great. But then that won't translate, you know, moving forward unless I let it. If I'm feeling bad and I'm negative, that won't translate unless I let it. I have to be in control of my emotion. I have to be in control of the, the day. I have to make sure I'm in control to make sure I'm in a position where I'm good, right. right? People, they'll have one thing happen and all of a sudden that becomes their master. You have a shitty eight o'clock. Now all of a sudden, nine, 10, 11, 12, everything's fucking shitty. Don't get me wrong, you can have time to get a reset, right? If the day just, everything's going wrong, all right, cool. It just wasn't my day, but don't wake up Tuesday after you have a shitty Monday and now all of a sudden you have a shitty Tuesday because you're still thinking about Monday. You yeah. got a shitty Wednesday because you're still thinking about Monday. Now you have a shitty Thursday because you have a shitty Monday. Like at, at that point, you got to find a way to disconnect yeah. from all that other stuff. It's, it's necessary. And then if you have a positive, same thing. Dog, what the yeah, fuck is going happening on outside. there? Something going on outside. If they can yeah. see you on the camera. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's um, let's just say storm is battling it's like against an Avengers battle. Yeah, bro. yeah, it's 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 it, it's going down outside. Let's just say if, if you're a Pokemon fan, there's a Kyogre is pretty much coming out of the water. Hey, don't call me that. So it's coming out there. Oh yeah, you 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 were big on Pokemon as of late. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Kyogre. Hey, Kyogre yeah, don't call Kyogre, me that, bro. Kyogre on, bro. is uh, come on, coming out of the water. Rayquaza is descending from the skies. There's Zapdos oh, yeah. everywhere. I'm becoming a Pokemon. I love me some Pokemon, but. I like Pokemon too, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. That's my one. So like it's crazy. I never really got into like the, the anime shit, but like Pokemon was the one thing I got into as a kid. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is a banger. You know why I loved Pokemon so much? It's like much. dog fighting. It's like dog fighting, but like See, that's like, that's two different <laughs> areas. But I get the comparison. Friendly, friendly. I get the comparison. It's like if we can make our dogs fight, but then after they're like, hey, squash the beef, you know? Yeah, but I don't think it, it was. It wasn't dog fighting. Like it, it results in death. And that, it was like battle to the death. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, that, it's like, was that, was that chicken? You fight? make them fight till like one of them like is kind of like tired. Mm. Like, all right. Was that what Michael Vick was doing? I think those those dogs were dying. I can't remember. I don't know. Mm. But anyways, it's like dog fighting, but Pokemon. <laughs> Pokemon. Dog. Think about how wild that shit would be in real life. Let's say we had Pokemon. We're like, we just make animals. Oh, it'd fight. be over. It'd be over. Whoever has the strongest Pokemon becomes easily the the most dominant. You know person on the planet. It, you know, uh, Pokemon made me happy because it was super unrealistic because it's like, it's like there's criminals, right? Why aren't they like killing people? Right. They're just Fair like, Yo, give me a fucking Pokemon, homie. Yeah, I thought, I thought that's why I enjoyed um, certain games like Pokemon Coliseum where you had to steal Pokemon from other people. Uh, that, that, was, that, was, that was interesting. You are good at that one, huh? Oh yeah, 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 I was great. I was great. <laughs> you kidding me? I, was, I got the description, but we're not talking about that right now. 
But uh, when I enjoyed the most when I was young, right? Yeah, of course. Like, give me your Pokemon. I love Pokemon Coliseum. Right? That's the one you can steal in. Exactly. Right? But when I was a kid, what I enjoyed the most about it was the camaraderie that you have. Because before they had the online stuff where you had to have the link cable and connect yeah. with other individuals, it forced you to have to interact with people. So if oh, I crazy. wanted to get a Gengar and I had to trade a Haunter, and you also wanted to get a Gengar, you had a Haunter, we have to trade with each other in order to get that additional Pokemon. In the midst of us having to have the conversation, because there was no internet social media at the time, internet existed, social media didn't, we had to talk to each other. So that forced us to have to interact. And what do you know, some of my closest friends we became friends off of playing Pokemon. Some people right now have great relationships based on playing these games because they had to interact. You couldn't just yeah. stay inside your basement and do nothing. I think that's probably why in gaming now, I've probably fallen out of gaming because there's no more of that in-person connection. Now granted, you right. can do it online, but I might same. never meet you. Like, we're, 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 oh man, we're gonna hop on the game or whatever. There's something special about being able to congregate. Like Super Smash Bros. Melee, I still have it till this day on my GameCube mm -hmm. and me and my friends, maybe like once a year, we'll come together and we'll just hop on the game and we're playing in person yeah. together versus, oh man, we're gonna hop on the game at like, you know, 10 p.m. tonight. Now everybody got their headset on, you're in the, in, yeah. in the silence of your own crib, but you're only interacting through the headset. It's something about being able to congregate together yeah. that makes things special. I think that facts that, that that's the separation from, you know, I think even, with the incel thing, like we were talking about before, where you're still isolated. Do you think that that vid the way gaming has changed has mm -hmm. like affected that part of people? Because now you think about it, right? All these fucking people don't see anyone. All they do is sit behind a, a screen and like talk to people. All of their friends are online. I saw gaming. The gaming industry is bigger than any like sport sport right. industry. Right. Right. Like the gaming industry is bigger like than than the NBA, bigger than the fucking. Uh, NFL. Mm -hmm. So that's why you have all these streamers getting massive contracts. Like Aiden Ross just got this like $200 million contract. Mm -hmm. That's an NBA contract, bro. Right. Um, because gaming is so huge. Do you feel like gaming, the way it's set up though, has ruined how people, because think about it, people insult each other. You don't have to show your face. It's right. just your voice. It's anonymous. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like it's, it's fucked up the way people interact? Oh, absolutely. Because if you, 10 years ago, the Call of Duty Modern Warfare lobby or whatever it was when you went live, if you took Gen Zers or people who are gaming or just got into gaming now and put them back then, there is no way they'd be able to survive. The insults that was thrown out during the time, because that truly, it wasn't the birth of like social media, but that's when Facebook had been around for like five, six years, that 2008 yeah. to 2014, that six years online, people were just throwing out whatever they got you know, bold, they man. Say. They got bold, and there was no real penalty or consequence. So because yeah. you were anonymous, it's like yo, I'm gonna say whatever the hell I want, and then people started getting because there was a, I guess, a heightened sense to be able to be anonymous and separated from everything else, people went away from having to game together to yeah. being more on your own. That's how now with games, from the people that I talk to who still game, it's, it's like the single player stuff, it's not fun. Doesn't sell. They just have it set up in a situation where you just kind of go online, you have the multiplayer, but you're not yeah. really together. But ultimately, I think with gaming, it's gotten to a point where across the board, really, even with work, remote, everything, where you're away from people. Yeah. So it not only in the game are you isolated, 
it applies to everything else in life as well because you're yeah. away from people. Now that I think about it, when I think about like my version of gaming, it's like business. Right. The way I look at business, it's like a game. It's like one real video game, money's mm -hmm. the way you keep score. Yeah. Right? And when I think about it, I have certain people I talk to every single day. Yeah. And it's weird because when I look back, the, for the past two months, I have talked to a certain set of people every single day for the past two months because mm -hmm. they're involved in my business, they're involved in the operations, we're working together. It's almost like my version of gaming, like how yeah. people would hop onto a game mm -hmm. and talk to people. This is how I do it with work. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just the world that we're in right now, huh? Have you had a chance to, do you meet them in person or just primarily? I mean, yeah, one, that dude right there. Yeah, yeah, talk, one, yeah talk, one in person, lives, yeah. He lives in Germany. Mm -hmm. We talk every single day for the past three months. Yeah, but you made a point that you months. guys actually had a chance to I mean, meet I'm not gonna lie, him being here, we work so much faster. Uh -huh. Cause when you're not there, it's like cool. You send a message, send a message. You can you can turn off a message. Mm -hmm. You can shut it off. You message someone, they just ignore it. Mm -hmm. You know, if they're here, it's kind of like you you vibe off the energy. See, that's the thing. I I think if people actually if they prioritize more meeting up with each other, like even when gaming, like if you game within like the same sort of location. Like I went when I was in Houston, and I went I collaborated with the um the Into Clutch ENT YouTube channel. Shout out to them, and they have a <laughs> studio space that they rent and they have different rooms together but the gaming room that they have they have their setups in different corners of the room but it's still within the same room ah. so with that being the case even if you're playing the game together but it's like you're on your own isolated screen you're in the same vicinity when yeah. i went to dreamcon and they had a gaming like it was like a gaming floor and they had consoles everywhere Right, and everybody was able to go and play the games that they wanted to play, but you're within proximity. I think it heightens the actual experience because mm -hmm. when something happens, rather than be like, yo, did you just see what the fuck happened? You could say, yo, you just saw what the fuck, and you're yeah. in person. Yeah. So it really creates that interaction that you need. I think if we have nothing's gonna beat that. Nothing's ever gonna beat that. Nothing's gonna beat it. Nothing's gonna beat that. The more that you stay on the internet, and it warps people, and we could close with this, where it warps people's view on what real life is like. Because you ever yep. seen somebody whose entire personality is shaped off of the internet? Mm -hmm. Well, and the thing is, right, people forget that there's real life repercussions right. with real life. Because when you're on the internet, you could do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. You could be a, a tiny little bitch and like you could argue, and I know we're not talking, we're talking now, no red pill shit, but here we are, red pilling yeah. it up. Right. Fucking Matrix, um. <laughs> but it's true, like, one really frustrating thing for me, I'm not gonna lie, internet hate is like, that shit is in my bones now, I feel it. Mm. Uh, but people forget that real life doesn't work that way. Yeah. Over the internet, you can say whatever you want. The second in real life, if, if you're out in person, you, you have to watch what you say. Mm -hmm. Everyone does, because you don't want that smoke, you don't want those problems, you know? So I think it's just changed the entire way we communicate, we interact. It's made it more toxic the way we interact because when you interact in person, there's a level of self-respect and respect towards another, mm -hmm. right? Whereas over the internet, that level of respect is gone and people treat it like a free-for-all and it's a shield. The internet's a shield that protects people. Yeah, it is. It, it really is because you, you can say whatever you want. Like you ever seen whenever there's, it, it goes viral from time to time, maybe every other month they'll have this happen where there'll be a restaurant or a business owner who somebody had a negative experience. They ranted about it on, whether it be on Twitter, well, X or Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, whatever the case is. 
their post would go viral. They didn't plan for it to go viral, but anything you post online, it could go viral like that. Then immediately, people will gravitate. Individuals who never went to the establishment will say, oh, wow, you had a negative experience like that. That resonates with me. I'm going to leave a negative review. Yeah. All of a sudden, this business who probably had one person who had a bad experience, or maybe you may have had tens of thousands, hundreds, whatever the case is, people who had positive experience because this small percentage just so happened to not enjoy themselves, they go online, individuals who never been there will now go and flock, leave terrible reviews, and now all of a sudden your business is not performing Whoa. at a good level just because, hey, you know, it's the internet, it's not that big of a deal, but what they fail to realize is there's people's real lives that's being affected here. I think the better you learn to control the internet narrative though, because internet is a game too. Right, And it I is. think it is. lately I'm learning that a lot of the internet, it all boils down to narrative control. Mm -hmm. It's the way you spin everything. And you can control the internet. In the past, people were trying to figure it out. You can control the internet now. Because I think of something I, I saw, which was hilarious to me. It's really fucked up, but it's hilarious. Someone, uh, there was a girl who left a bad review for a club in Miami, Club Live in Miami. It's mm -hmm. one of like the hottest clubs out here. Yeah, it is, it is. Um, and she was like a bigger girl, heavier set. Mm -hmm. She couldn't get in. She's like, she's like, they wouldn't let us in. Usually at clubs, when you're a girl, you can get in. This place didn't let us in. Rightfully so. No whales. Yeah, and then I remember somebody, somebody tweeted, like, oh, they're not letting fat girls in there? I want to go even more now. Well, fact. <laughs> it went super viral. Mm -hmm. And it was just a win. Like, I don't even think the club responded. They were just like, mm -hmm. whatever. Because the way that it was spun yep. was like, you spun it. It, it could have been bad, right? right? If there was no damage control, if there was nothing done mm -hmm. to it, it could have gone bad. But because... Someone spun it that way, yep. made it humorous, mm -hmm. made it funny, it flipped the entire narrative, and now people are like, oh, no fat girls are allowed to go there. Mm -hmm. Let's go to this club. Yep. It's fucked up, but it's like, you if you can control the narrative like that. So now whenever I see any sort of meme, because they're disguised as memes, any sort of meme or viral post, mm -hmm. I'm like, is that manufactured? Did someone make that to control right. what you think about something? Because mm -hmm. you see it all the time, all the time. So... It's perspective. It's yeah. all perspective. It goes yeah. back to perspective. You find a way to flip it, get in front of the narrative, make it work for you. By far the best thing. That's where, with, with, like when we talked before about social media being a blessing and a curse, that's where it could be a blessing yeah. when it's a curse for somebody else. So it's always different for different individuals. But Facts. It's a beautiful thing. But one way or another, I enjoyed this conversation and I hope you guys did as well because, uh, again, if you didn't know, get familiar. I am the diligent, vigilant, meticulous, sagacious, conscientious, analytical, analytical methodical, methodical individual, individual D. Chisel Adonis. But of course, you already knew that. He is a serial entrepreneur, the Filipino the prince, prince tycoon, Rene Lacade. Rene Lacade. And this is We Are Assiduous. Assiduous.